Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, Pete. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I got some news. News? Like uh, not 10, really 10 news. wins? 10, 10 wins? <laughs> um, not really news, but just, you know, I uh, I was just driving home from Neptune, which you'll, you're familiar with. Very. And uh, we have some special news that we'll share with the people later. Yes. And I thought that as, you know, as a celebration of sorts, mm, I was yes. hungry and I was like, what am I going to do for food? And I passed the Taco Bell and I said to myself, Hell you know yeah. what? I'm going to have a shame sesh yes. secret snack. Yes. So I went through Taco Bell drive through I ordered my food. I drove a little bit down the road. I got gas and I sat in my car in the gas station parking lot and ate my Taco Bell. That's perfect. That's that's exactly how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> Pete, it was I, great. I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm, I question if I have redefined the way I like to consume food, yeah. which is in a moving vehicle while I'm driving. Sitting down, I guess that's fine, but I could be doing something else. <laughs> What if while I'm driving, that's where I just consume all my food? Like, that's it. I mean, I'm cool with that. And in fact, I was about to try that. But T-Bell's I thought tough. I, I do it. It's I do tough. it. Well, see, if, you, if you're not doing the fire sauce, mm. it's easy. But yeah, like, I, I like a lot of fire sauce. So like, I just thought to myself, I always, I always run the potential where I'm like, if I die while doing this thing while right. driving it's going to be so pathetic. Like if I died because I was like <laughs> too much fire I, sauce. I, yeah. I had no, I had no hands on the wheel and I was putting fire <laughs> sauce on like my burrito Supreme. Like fuck, you know, that yeah, that's a rough, it's a rough thing for them to have to explain. It's like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, uh, man, but, um, oh, okay. We reconnected. Yeah. You there? Yeah. Okay. It's like, uh, sorry. We, um, you know, honestly, there was um, dash cam vi- footage from the other vehicle, uh, and it wasn't Pete's fault. <laughs> the the this the eighteen wheeler actually uh, veered into him. However, we do have the footage, and his hands weren't on the wheel because he it appears he's putting fire sauce on his <laughs> on his tacos. So. Uh, so we're just going to call this a no fault. Um, and, uh, you know, what do you get put on? Is, <laughs> do you get loves that fire sauce put on your gravestone, your headstone, <laughs> if you die because of fire sauce? <laughs> yeah. It's just like burrito supreme for life, you know? <laughs> um, well, I have, a, I have a reveal for you. What's up? I don't use any sauces at Taco Bell. Interesting. And it makes me wonder... If it's done out of plain taste or purely out of efficiency, yeah, uh, because I just don't want to do when I get that cheap, gross bullshit that's so so good. Um, I just <laughs> shove it in my mouth. Uh, yeah. So my order, and there's some variation, but it's typically this, and it's the one thing. Where I, I think it's the thing where I come off the most old man in the history of the world. It's like <laughs> by far. Yeah. I believe I've been making the same Taco Bell order since the 80s. Wow. Essentially. Two bean burritos, no red sauce, no onion, add beef. And if they try to fuck around and excuse all the cursing tonight, <laughs> but we're a little lit. They try to do like, oh, do you mean a burrito, brief burrito? I'm like, no, I don't. Because for a long time, <laughs> wow, the bean burrito add beef was cheaper than if you got a beef burrito. Yeah. So, uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, I have paid more now? I don't care. It's the principle of the thing. Just do it the way I said. Yeah. Um, you know so what you want. Two I bean burritos, that. no red sauce, no onion, add beef. Boom. Two crunchy taco, one soft taco. When I'm going lighter, uh, I go one bean burrito with beef, 
one crunchy, one soft. RIP to the double decker. The double decker taco had a long stretch run with me. Um, That would go one bean burrito, two double decker, one soft taco. Just kind of even palate. And true RIP to the Taco Bell Tostada. Huge fan Mm. of that Taco Bell Tostada. Um, I believe it remained on the secret Taco Bell menu for a long time. I have not tried to order it in a very long time because that's the the line of shame I'm not willing to cross. Just the feeling of asking for something at Taco Bell and then be like, we don't have that anymore. It's, <laughs> it's too much for my heart. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my order. I go typically the two bean burritos, no red sauce, no onion, add beef. Do they put red sauce on their beef their bean burritos? I don't know. I just say don't do it. Do they put oh, they onions do. on there? Okay. They they though Jesus the onions at Taco Bell. Oof. Yeah, they're strong. It's strong, man. So no strong. Thanks. No thanks. Yeah, I like it because it gives a little bit of bite, but it is the thing that like you you can taste that you've eaten Taco Bell for like three days. Yeah, yeah. So that, ooh, oh, wonderful point. That's part of it to me. I've um I've recently had a couple pizza incidents where getting slices. I've had the post slice cheese grease smell in my face. Where I don't know if it's a facial hair thing because of you know my my stubble has been a little longer. I don't know if it's like grease gets too close to like just lingering on my skin and it smells like cheese, or if it's literally the the lactose seeping out of my pores, but I hate the smell of it. Um and I think it only comes from when you get a subpar cheese on your pizza. And uh, I've had that happen a couple times. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call out the unfortunate pizzerias that have had this. But suffice to say, there's at least one. There's one that's on its last straw. Like it's it's got like one <laughs> more swing. It's it's two strikes. It's go. It's full count. The next pitch determines if they stay in the rotation. If they stay on the roster. Yeah. The other was a new place that I tried. I'm never going back there. All right. <sighs> so that's that's that for that. Um, food wise, I didn't I didn't eat anything good today, buddy. Damn, what did dude. I eat? What did I eat? What did we, we, uh, I ate a bacon, egg, and cheese on a plain bagel this morning from uh, That's a place right. called Round Dough with a Hole. That was pretty good. Um, dude, I haven't had a bagel in a minute. I don't know why. They just kind of like stepped if, out of my diet. When they step out of your diet, that's a fall off the wagon thing. Like They're really good. Yeah. But they fall out of rotation for me too. Um I'm kind of not in love with anything right now. Like the bacon, egg, and cheese is just a steady, easy thing I like to eat anytime. Yeah. Um, but uh, I haven't. There's there's no bagel places I truly love. Super local to me. See, there's, and, there's a few that I like, and one of them I was actually thinking about bagels this week because a place called Bagel Oven in Red Bank, mm. which has been around for a minute. Um, it's right by Elsie Subs. Shout out Elsie um, Subs. Yeah, great place, OG Red Bank spot. Um, but Bagel Oven, I guess they just sold the building or something because they're closing down. And I was like, I'm going to go get some bagels from Bagel Oven, and then I just fucking forgot. So I missed that boat. Mm, it's okay. So the, bagels will, the bagels will be there. Um, well, they won't. Yeah. Not a Bagel Oven. Not not any longer. No, no well, you know, I mean, just in general, <laughs> in your life, yeah, again, no, <laughs> you will have a bagel time. Yeah, yeah. Like there will be another bagel time. I think I'm gonna sunset my bagels for a while. Yeah, sometimes you got to take a break. Got to take a break, Pete. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the news that mm. Trackspot is coming to an end, Bob. <sighs> this is it. This is it. This is it. There's some Huey Lewis in there. Um, <laughs> A band yeah, we I, ne- never cover. Yeah, band we never. We'll we'll get into some of that. Uh, we want to thank everybody who's joined us for the Tracks Pod adventure. It's been super fun. Really like doing the podcast, Pete. Uh, thank you for including me in this. This has been awesome. Um, a lot of reasons. Nothing bad. Uh, but we had a meeting of the minds not long ago over food, and we're like, well, how about we just come get food every week? And we're like. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and so 
between that and kvetching about how busy our lives are and how on some again true old man shit it was like man things move fast and i can't even remember everything me neither <laughs> it was uh yeah so it's been a really really cool thing um figured we wanted to do one last episode where we got a chance to say thank you kind of tie one off one last time with everybody talk about taco bell for no real reason again with everyone um you know it's just chop the shop here a little bit um yeah i mean it's it's been awesome we have some diehards i'm really stoked on everything that we've done we've been doing this for almost three years which is bonkers to me um between in search of tracks and uh it came from new jersey which is super cool. Um, I've met people through this. I've been in communication with a lot of people that were super into the podcast and hit us up after like every episode. Hell yeah. So thank you to everybody that's listened. Um, it's been fucking awesome. And Bob, sincerely, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad that we uh, got to do this. Although I'm excited for our lunches, you know, because those are those are fun too. So yeah, me too, man. Uh, so that's Pete and I have been friends for a very long time. To the audience, um, doing this gave us a really cool, tangible reason to actively stay in touch and hang out and talk and do that thing. Even though a lot of it was just hanging out over a podcast. Um, okay. But uh, it's a rare joy to be able to share that and to share a cool project. And and like honestly, uh, we saw our audience grow, grow, grow. Um, and it was really cool. It's just one of those things. Um, it kind of, you know, you don't, like I said, it's not like we have a reason, but it's like, hey, you know, it's sometimes uh, all things come to pass. Uh, it's better to burn out than to fade away. As that's they say. right. I appreciate yeah. that. So, um, I'm excited about this. And and one of the things that I was thinking about when it came to this is we've talked a lot about a lot of different records. Um, but, but I want to say there's some people in our audience, and I think you know who you are, who know a lot about music M- more than me, and more <laughs> than Pete, and he knows more than me maybe. Uh, and... And it's like, it's impressive. And you might not have the desire to do something like a podcast. And that's cool. So don't do it. But if you have the desire and it's just kind of, for whatever reason, like behind the curtain there and you have the desire, a few of you, I'm amazed by the commentary we get and really impressed with it. And, um, you know, you don't need another 40-year-old white dude telling you, hey, maybe you should do a podcast, man. (laughs) But if you have the desire, go out and share it because it's been really cool to expose people to music that Pete and I either like or thought was interesting or worth discussing or having conversations about. And like I I will say some of the best conversations were the ones where people disagreed with us. Yeah, for sure. Or disagreed specifically like... Like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys shit on this record. I love it. And here's why. Um, or like, I can't believe this take, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 or ones that were like, oh, I love that record, but you're not wrong. Damn. I think um, that's my favorite. That's like yeah. my absolute favorite when people come back with that because that's how I feel about so many records that we, some of which we did talk about a lot that we didn't, but. So, so Pete, in, in Tracks Pod tradition, um, oh, also, uh, five-star reviews. We want them still. Uh, send us emails uh, at trackspod at gmail.com. You might not get yeah. a response right away, or maybe you will. Who fucking knows? We'll see. Uh, and uh, you, you probably don't need to follow us on social media, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> but in Tracks Pod tradition, I have a couple of thesis statements. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. People in our general age range and maybe a little older and definitely a little younger too right now fucking love the 90s. Love the 90s. Yep. That's a fact. That's a fact. We saw that in the listenership. We saw that in the way people responded to different stuff. And so it was like, oh, this is cool. And I feel like we covered 
Agrippa 90s stuff. Obviously, we didn't spend time like really trying to, you know, uh, give us 10 minutes and we'll give you the world. We didn't do that. But uh, we we gave you at least South America. Um, what What is your feelings about the 90s? And if you had to rank the pre-2000 decades of music, what would your rankings be? Oh, wow. I mean, what do I think about the well, 90s? We cut off the 50s. Let's start 60s, 70s, 80s, it, 90s, rank them by decade. But start with what you think about the 90s. 90s as a music thing as a whole. I mean, I really thought it was interesting how much our listenership loved the 90s. Like the the amount of people that listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers episode made me rethink this whole ending of the podcast thing that we have right. going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. It was a big one. There apparently a lot of people are just sitting around waiting to hear about the Chili Peppers. So, to you, really qu- quick, quick Chili Peps diversion. Yeah, we we sort of touched on it, but it came up in a conversation following the episode. The micro gap in opinions on the Chili Peppers by age in like a very specific range is amazing. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I believe. If you're over the age of, say, like 48, you either love the Chili Peppers or think they're fucking hot garbage. Yeah. If you're between 43-ish and 48, say, you love the Chili Peppers and think those old people who think they're lame don't fucking get it. And you think the young people who think they're fucking lame don't fucking get it. (laughs) If you're 38 to 42, you enjoy some of it. You have some nostalgia for some of it. You'd even potentially call yourself a fan, but you also acknowledge there's some warts and some some pretty bad tracks along the way. And then if you're under that, maybe and maybe that extends down to 37, 36 somewhere. It's a little wishy-washy. But if you're under that, and you're over 30, 30 to say 35, 36, 37, you're like, fuck this band. This band sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you're talking about people who music enlightenment, their musical moment came probably post-Californication and in a time where the, you know, uh, maybe Stadium Arcadium era Chili Peppers. Um, and so it was the emotional response to uh blood sugar sex magic is uh hilarious awesome and very cool it was definitely hilarious and very cool yeah i uh i don't know i mean so the 90s well here you know what let's peel back because i said like let's start with your thoughts on the nights rank the decades 60s 70s 80s 90s by music like as a whole all the goddamn genres just just by time and i don't love decades in terms of like uh breaking things down i think i've talked maybe i haven't talked about this but i think sports sports are done in decades a lot we do a lot of things in decades and i just think 10 years is actually longer than we as humans acknowledge right yeah um, and that <clears throat> five years is a lot more manageable and comparing likes to likes and i think if you look at history you'll see that if you look at sports, you see that trends are a lot more identifiable in five-year breaks. Um, and maybe I'm, you know, crazy for using this ten system. Maybe I need to to switch to to twelves. Who knows? But uh, but I think five-year breaks. But by decade, give me your rankings. Rank them uh, best to worst: sixties, seventies, eighties, or nineties. And maybe not best to worst, but favorite to least favorite. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to think about. I don't want to overthink this. So I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna say seventies, eighties, nineties, sixties. I fall in the same spot on the knee jerk. Um, if I put a ton of thought into it, I might flop eighties and seventies. But yeah, maybe, maybe. I but feel pretty confident the about 70s. 70s being I first. love the 70s. I yeah. love it. And I think that's and I but I also love the 80s and I think there's a lot of interesting things there. <sighs> the late the late late 80s 
just in music as a whole. Like subculture music, the late 80s offers a lot for me still. Yep. But the late 80s in the mainstream gets pretty rough. It gets rough. <laughs> it gets rough. Like I think you get a Guns N' Roses record. Uh, maybe the first Janet Jackson record. Maybe that's like 89. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it gets pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> 70s but, is like solid all the way through though. And like, and most of the stuff that I didn't realize this until like 15 years ago, but like a lot of the stuff that I was like, I thought of as 60s music is actually very early 70s. Correct. Correct. And and like, and most of the good, there's, there's like great, great 60s stuff, but it really doesn't hit until like the mid to late 60s. At which point a lot of those bands were better in the 70s. But like, obviously, you have the Beatles, you have Hendrix, you have all these classics. But like, yeah, it's uh, the early '60s is like not what anyone's going to, at least not me, really. So, so like the early '60s, some songs, but I, I 100%. I was having a Gordon Lightfoot conversation not long ago. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, uh, somebody was like, oh, when did this record? When did this song come out? Um, and I was like, I think 1970, and uh, or, and maybe I said 1971, but it was right there. It was 70 or 71. But I was like, oh damn, that's later than I thought it was. Even though I was like, eh, I kind of pushed it in my head. Late 60s was a lot. Early 60s, there's a, there's some neat stuff, uh, but to me, and we've discussed this, the 50s era, I feel a true disconnect musically from. Yeah. Not that I don't see merit in it. I see there's interesting things, you know. But handful of tracks to me. Late 60s uh, tracks on tracks, some deep cuts, some interesting stuff. I think one of the best episodes we ever did if you've never listened to the Nuggets uh compila- compilation episode we did, please listen to that one. It's one of my favorites. I if yeah, you that like rock music in general, you will discover songs on that that you really like. Um but the 70s 70s rock just and I say that guitar music, I think the pop music of the time is good. I think I think low-key, some of the dance music's really interesting. You know, I just think there's a lot going on, and you get the roots of a lot of the stuff I love from the 80s in the 70s, too. So Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I, 90s is interesting because we covered a lot of it on this podcast. We kind of, if we specialized in anything, it was probably the 90s. Um. Lots of good music, some of which aged really well for me. Like like Alice in Chains, for example, I never even really went down the rabbit hole with them until <laughs> we did this podcast. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Like Dirt yeah. is awesome. It's awesome. But then like, you know, we listened to a lot of 90s stuff. I mean, like I go Jawbreaker to- or something that oh, I was just yeah. like, this is not as good as I wanted it to be or remember it being no and then, I, and then every album is like eight songs too long so that's, that's the right. problem with that era I, too, I, so. I think my biggest like man i i my nostalgia outweighs the quality the objective quality is smashing pumpkins melancholy yeah um and there's stuff i really like on there but then when you rip it apart and like look that's the thing i tried not to if if we wanted to rip apart every record, we really could have. You know, like if you want to rip apart the lyrical content of records, you can just tear it to shreds. Yeah. Um and you can tear to shreds a song despite acknowledging that like, oh, these other five tracks are quite clever and interesting. But like this one attempt to write a song about your fucking car is dumb as shit, bro. Um <laughs> But Melancholy, it's just so bloated. And it's like, it should be the template for 90s, 90s bloat. It's just too much. And um, no, I think the 90s, there's a lot to be said for it. There's a lot of interesting sounds. We steered away from certain stuff that probably could have been obvious. And I wonder if we should have done a few more. You know, like there are some of my favorite records come from the 90s. Uh um, you know, I think about post hardcore. I really like a lot of that. I think about failure, uh, fantastic planet. I think about mm-hmm. quicksand slip. I think about into another, uh, seamless, um, 
records that I bet not everyone has heard and probably could use that conversation and, and deserve that conversation in my book. Um, but, you know, try not to try not to tread ground that's tread. Um, Failure are great. That's another one I got into really good. through the podcast, actually. Yeah. Do we talk? Like yeah, we did. We did Fantastic Planet. Oh, we did Fantastic Planet. Then fucking like a, awesome. Like a we while rock. ago. Yeah, we yeah. Rocks. Go listen to that episode. That record's really good. Holds up. Um, if you like Hum, go listen to Failure. Uh, if you like... Yo, you know what? Did We did not do Helmet, did we? No. I listened to Helmet thinking about maybe we should do this and came to the conclusion, I don't want to do this. <laughs> in <laughs> in a similar way as Tool, because there's some Tool that I'm like, this is good. And in my head, I think we talked about this. I'm like, I'm a Tool fan. I like Tool. I'm not a Tool fan. I like a couple Tool songs, but overall, I'm like, you know, I want to like it more than I do. But if someone asked me flat out, do you like Tool? I'd say yes. And But in my heart, I'm like, I'm not truly, like, I'm not wearing the Tool shirt. It's just yeah. not what I'm doing. I can't wear the Tool shirt. Even if you're a Tool fan, just don't wear the Tool shirt. <laughs> you Good know? rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> I think we did, uh, I, I enjoyed our forays into more current stuff. That was always fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that Beth's record we did uh, hit a lot of people, and that was fun. Yeah, Beth's um, record was fun. Reds, Pinks, and Purples was fun. Oh, really cool record. Really cool record. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. Um, all right, I have maybe, another... Th- what was that? No, I was just going to say, maybe we didn't do it as much as we could have, but but that was always good. You know what? It's a hard thing. It's a conversation uh, we're kind of dancing around having on, on Axe to Grind is the idea of um, contemporaneous criticism, like current you know, current tense criticism and how it's essentially seen as cruel. Uh, It's seen as unkind and slanderous, essentially, even though it's just opinion. Yeah. And the smaller the space or the smaller the record that you're critiquing, the more harsh it's seen as. And it kind of creates a really weird space because it's like, okay, well, so if you don't like something, the option in the current climate is don't speak about it. Mm, Okay. But what if somebody listens to the podcast and doesn't always agree with what I say? That's cool. I I hope they don't. And it doesn't always agree with what you say. That's cool. I hope they don't. I hope they hear us talking about something. Somebody's like, you know what? That's, that sounds cool. Or that sounds like something I might actually want to check out. Let's wipe that away. But the the current climate is if you don't like something, you just don't talk about it. You don't give it any attention. The currency, Mm of the time is attention. So you just don't give it any attention. Okay. Well then what you're left with is advocacy. The things you do like you celebrate, you shout them out, you tell people, okay, cool. But what if all you, the person who comes to you every day and says, Hey Pete, you know what I like? Kit Kat bars. Hey Pete, you know what I like? Reese's bars. Hey Pete, you know what I like? All the joy <laughs> bars. Hey Pete, you know what I like? Snickers bars. It's like, all right, all right. I, I get it. You like candy. We're good. The, the, when I finally like Pete, 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 you have to try Reese's sticks. Oh my <laughs> God, I love them. I really like Pete, Reese's sticks. You're like, yeah, MF. I know you like every candy bar. We're good because yeah, as we were going through the process of me being like, yeah, I like Kit Kat bars, but I only like the king size Kit Kat bars at this point. The four packs taste weird, and I don't like the packaging. It's weird. Uh, they taste different than the king size. <laughs> I can't explain it. Snickers bars are good maybe once every two years. It's good, but, you know, I like the mix. It just never is what I go to. Almond Joy, man, a, a candy that I write off, have one every Halloween. I'm like, mm, that one was good. I bought a king size Almond Joy not long ago. Enjoyed it. It was good. Then, if I'm like, you know what? I hate gobstoppers. I hate them. I hate uh, whoppers. I think they taste like um, drywall covered in the worst (laughs) chocolate you've ever tasted. Like then at least when I'm like Pete, but let's scratch the record and say Reese's sticks, a combination of Kit Kat bars and Reese's cups, but executed 
perfectly, you need to try. I think it holds more sand. It holds more weight because yeah. I proved I'm not just yelling about, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. If you're a friend to all, you're not my friend at all. If you only like things. It's really hard to understand your opinion on things. And it, it, it's, it puts us in a weird space with Axe to Grind because hardcore is such a kind of community, quote unquote, based thing. And sure. smaller and so so we don't want to we don't want anyone to feel like we're we're you know spitting on them and saying it's rain so it's like okay let's avoid but i know for a fact there's been people who said oh you talked about this thing and you didn't like it but i liked it and you know yeah I'm like, cool bully for you because i'm glad i'm glad you discovered like the thing to me is the idea that someone's discovering something through it as opposed to like well this person said it's good, so it must be good. Get out of here. Who thinks like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, you never want to talk, even if it's not hardcore, you know, in the community, then the community vibe that goes along with that. Like, even when we were talking about, like, the Beths, for example, which I have, like, absolutely no connection to them. Same, Personally, none, I'm nothing. sure they've never listened to the podcast episode. Same, it doesn't none, matter, right? Yeah. So, like, but even that, like, I felt the songs that I didn't like, I think we both kind of stop ourselves a little bit because you just don't want to be a dick about it. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, talk down on a new band that's just like trying shit out and and more and like succeeding as a professional as professional musicians really, right? So like it's uh it's tough with contemporary music, but at the same time like it's fine to have an opinion, you know? I think it's just, that's where you just have to be constructive about it and be like, you know, if we talk about the Mars Volta, like yeah. you can shit on it all you want and it doesn't matter because like they're the Mars Volta and they, they're doing their thing regardless. Whereas like, if it's like a younger band, you kind of want them to win. Right. So you don't want to like, exactly right. yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of energy you have to go in there with. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of like where it comes down to it's tough. And, I uh, I just hope that people think about that. I, I I think it's one of those things that we are we. It's a collective we, but mentally um, we have to have to decide if it's okay to not like things and to say, "Oh, I don't like this." Does saying you don't like something immediately mean that you're being unkind? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like I, I, to me, it doesn't. Because there's plenty of things I don't, you know, like uh, somebody has a relative who is not good at cooking or is good at cooking except that one dish and they do it really poorly. You know, like I'm not using real examples here, but (laughs) your aunt Winnie who makes very good turkey at Thanksgiving, but her mac and cheese is abysmal. Well, does that mean if you don't if you don't take a big helping of that mac and cheese, does, does Aunt Winnie think, um, you know, uh, Bobby, um, I see you don't uh, you didn't take the mac and cheese. Does that mean you don't like me? Does that mean you you hate me? Like you're you're just gonna sit here and be cruel to me at my dinner table? You didn't take a <laughs> big serving of mac and cheese? Oh, okay, thanks. No, it doesn't. Does it mean you don't like Aunt Winnie? No, it doesn't. It means you don't like that version of the thing. That's okay. That's it's a really <clears throat> interesting thing to put out there and to think like, and and even more so, as an audience, as a person who listens to a thing or consumes a media, whatever that might be, if someone doesn't like something that you like, are you wrong? Are they wrong? Does that invalidate their opinion on other things? I for sure hope not. But I get really worried about these like monoculture kind of like idiosyncratic nature things that we're ending up, we're bouncing into where where I'm like, yo, I I want difference of opinions. I want people who don't like the same things as me. Pete, you and I have different musical tastes. It has never once gotten in the way of our friendship. And no. we, you know, we have tons of commonality. I don't think we spend a ton of time, like, you know, <laughs> shining the bowling ball and how much we love, 
this record you know it's like well yeah that's cool oh yeah this is good oh hey did you ever notice oh cool that's cool yeah and then you move on you know the differences are yeah as important and interesting as the sameness you know yeah or you just bust balls a little bit and move on you know i mean i think moving yeah it's 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 always the it's always i mean i'm still it's still shocking to me when a band comes along and just everybody jumps on board Mm. and all of a sudden everybody's like their biggest fan like i have not much you know on the ground connection to hardcore at this point so i don't feel weird saying this but like I can use a band like high viz as an example mm. that I've seen recently, or like a band like wet leg on like the bigger indie circuit that I've seen it recently. We're like these bands, like to me kind of show up out of nowhere, which I know that that's not actually true, but like all of a sudden everybody is singing their praises and like, I'm not hearing a critical word anywhere. Yeah. And like, and that's always, interesting to me not that i'm looking for people to talk shit but like i just i don't even meet people that are just like nah i don't know i listened to the record i didn't like it that much you know like like high viz like i listened to the record because i just heard everybody talking about it and honestly i wasn't bowled over by it so i kind of forgot about it and then a friend of mine was like no dude listen to this one song it's really good and then i listened to that one song and i was like this actually is a great song and then it made me like go back and revisit the record and I like it a little bit more now. I'm still not like bowled over by them entirely, but like I get it more than I did. But that took like me having a conversation with somebody that, you know, wasn't just on board. Not not to say that a ton of people are on board just to be on board, but like this dude like spent time with the record and was like a big fan. And like there was one song that really stuck out to him, you know, so. I don't know. It's 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 interesting, but no, I, I mean, that's it's a great example. It's it's. There is sort of um, hmm, there's benefits to herd mentality stuff on certain things, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pete, you'll appreciate this. Uh, my significant my significant other lived in Boston for quite a while. She went to school up there, and uh, I have a lot of family in Boston. I've been going to Boston my whole life, basically. And uh, they do the duck boat tours, you know, right? Oh yeah. And she's like, oh, have you ever done one of these? I was like, no, I haven't. I was like, are they cool? And she's like, she's like, yeah, they're actually pretty cool. She's like, I, I you know, it's weird, but I ended up, uh, my mom had asked about doing it. And she's like, I, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And she's like, we did it. And it was awesome. So we should do it. And I was like, cool. And it was. And uh, she made a funny point that I think is kind of a good thing people involved in subculture or counter things should keep in mind it doesn't apply to everything but she said sometimes when a thing is popular or it's a thing a lot of people like to do that means it's like pretty cool worth doing (laughs) right (laughs) you know and it's a simple concept and so 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 with that said that high vis record is pretty good um yeah Got tracks actually. Like so if, if people want to leave this last episode of Tracks Pod, go check out the high vis LP. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um but uh I I have the same thing. It's it's tough to tell and and you know, this maybe is the evil cynic in me and, and you when you get these groupthink things that it's like, wait, everyone's saying this is good. Is it really that good or is it 20% less good than everybody's saying it is, but because it's the thing to say right now, everyone's getting their... Uh, and then I said, it's great too. <laughs> right. Put that out. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Pete, I have another quick thesis. Let's go. Um, one of the things I'm most appreciative to have done this podcast with you was that I do love the Stone Roses record now. It's a... It's, I liked it before, but I just didn't sit with it the way I did for the podcast. And it's... Oh, that's great. Really I love good. to hear that. But the best Don't song stop. is Don't Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like by far and away the best song. And I really encourage the diehard Stone Roses fans, the non-believers, to spend some time with the song. I think you maybe are just overlooking the best song on the record. So I'm just going to put that out there. I uh I I love that you feel that way. I think it's great. 
I think you might be the only human in like this was for our Earth. NBA Young Boy record uh, the review we were gonna do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. I think that it's different. Good line. It's like you went to school to become a nurse. I love it. I think that it's different. <laughs> I might need you to write me a prescription. So, um, I told you when I saw them, they they played that, which like. That's the one song I was like, they're definitely not going to play that because it's just a song looped backwards with different vocals and they played it. So, hey, I'm with it. I like I like this style. They clearly like it, too. They just all know. Um, uh, so so this is uh, this has been a really fun time. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, music's cool. Um, uh uh, me and Pete both also came to the point where we we're like, wait, do people who listen to the podcast like music more than both of us? Maybe. Damn. <laughs> good for them. So good for you guys. <laughs> good um, for you guys. Yeah. I uh, I encourage you to listen to Axe to Grind. Uh, we do talk about stuff other than just hardcore all the time. Uh, but, you know, it's mostly, it's mostly about punk and hardcore music. Um, I do encourage you guys to um treat yourself eat some delicious things whether you need to let other people know about it or not it's cool a little secret snack here and there doesn't hurt anybody good for the soul uh i encourage you to pete you've never really talked about this your recording output is not nothing your your band that you were in high school with uh was the hardcore band down in flames yep uh lp on 65 very cool yep. should, people should check it out uh, the seven inch on gloom records uh, start the effing fire. Uh, that's still really good, man. Both records. Very good. Still hold up. Thanks. Um, yeah, if, if I'm not- being real, I think if you guys had recorded it like two or three years later, you would have you uh, at least three fourths of the band would have had more of a like ear to production value stuff that you would have gone. Let's do this a little more like this. <laughs> and it would have made the records like pop just that much more. But I actually, I think it fits. It, it's more definitive in a time and place now. So I, I like it. Um, yeah, it's very time and place. Tell me about the nods. Your time in the nods. Cool San Fran band. Yeah, nods. Indie band in San Francisco for a few years. Yeah, a lot of stuff. It's Had all fun. Minute. You find, find me on Discogs. and Oh, yeah. Find Pete Hilton on Discogs and scoop it out, please. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna be, where's our, where's our first lunch post pod? Last time we did Frank's, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, where do we go next? Hmm. I'm trying to think of a classic spot. You want to go classic? See, what what I really want to do is, is get really celebratory about all that we've accomplished here. I agree. And go to Doc's Oyster House in Atlantic City because it's probably my favorite restaurant. Let's go. Let's do it. We're doing it. Um, that's the spot. That's a special date, though. You know what uh, I mean? And, well, here's the it's thing. Trip. The secret is, if you were Jones in for some tra- In Search of Tracks podcast, you just need to go to Atlantic City because there's a chance you're going to find Pete there. He'll be <laughs> <You'll> there. <find. laughs> and you can do it. It's his, it's, his, uh, it's his own personal Disneyland. He loves... It's the the greatest place on earth. If Pete won the Super Bowl. People would be like, "Pete, what are you going to do now?" He's like, "I'm going to Atlantic City." That's true. Yeah, I think Bob texts me like we're we're texting all the time, and every other week he's like, "What are you doing this weekend?" I'm like, oh, "I'm in AC." It's awesome. I love it. It's I just love how it, it goes. Love and it. I'm not even much of a gambler, although I lost a hundred dollars <laughs> on a UFC fight last weekend. So, oh, man, I Pete, I am uh, I'm very careful about sports gambling because I. <sighs> I have an addictive personality in a lot of ways. And uh, <laughs> that one, I love sports. And I'm relatively knowledgeable about the sports I know. However, that means almost bubkiss when it comes to gambling. Because the gambling goblin can overtake the logic goblin very easily. Yep. Gambling yep. goblin is like a monster. And Logic Goblin is a dweeb with a, a calculator. You know what I mean? It's true. Gambling Goblin yeah. just shoves that dude in the locker and says, go ahead, $300. 
bet it all. You just won it. Who cares? It's found <laughs> money. And like you're like, that's right, Gambling Goblin. You're right. Um, so the real that's trick exactly was it. I was at a, a football game. Oh, Jesus, four years ago. Uh, Jets, Buffalo Bills. Again, we don't need to go full sports. But the Bills were losing at halftime, but clearly they were the better team. And I was like, uh, so I put a bunch of money on them. And then it was real. Then something happened. It was like, ooh, they're definitely going to win. And they were still down. And the odds were still weighted against them. Like I could mm-hmm. still make. So I was like, oh my God. And I just blasted it blasted it with as much money like i i think i was checking my bank account like yeah just all let's shove it all in there like all in and i made good money um which then i proceeded to take all of my winnings and just like and it's gone over the next like five weeks of football gambling and so that was my lesson learned amazing ufc you you threw 100 bucks down just just for shits and giggles yeah, I literally walked into the casino. I put twenty bucks in a machine. I got a hundred dollars, and then it's the way. Walked over to the bar, got a cocktail, looked, started reading about this UFC fight that was coming up in like an hour, and it was like, oh, like this one dude is definitely like one thousand percent gonna win. And then I was like, all right, it's a hundred bucks down. I'll make. I think I was the winnings were like one fifty if you put a hundred down. I was like. Seems easy. I'll just do that. So I just put my winnings down and just lost lost it. But it was fun. It was the first gambling bet I've ever made. Mm, first you've ever made? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I mean, no, I'm sorry. First sports bet a I sports ever bet, made. Sports bet, sports bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I was going to say you've gambled. Yeah. Um, all right, and, and before we go, uh, podcasts that you enjoy, that you would recommend to others. Oh, shit. Because um, we got to give something for people to fill their time with. Axe the Grind is a great podcast. You should oh, listen to that. You. Although I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of you came in through that that door. So um I dude, I'm a I'm a politics junkie. Mm, um yeah. I really, really like a podcast called The Fifth Column. Um mm-hmm. I listen to that a lot. I really like comedy podcasts. Tim Dillon is one of my favorites. So listen to the Tim Dillon show. Mm, yeah. And uh geez, those are like my go-tos, if I'm being honest. All right. So um, let's see. My go-to podcast. Um, I listen to Dunked On, which is a basketball podcast. I listen to Greatest of All Talk, a basketball podcast. Um, I listen to a few different Ringer podcasts, but I miss uh, when Chris Ryan did a uh, Friday basketball podcast called The Answer. I think different people are doing it now, and I'm mad. So, Chris Ryan, please, uh, baby, come back. Um uh, other sports ones. There's a lot of sports ones. Ryan Rosillo, Simmons, all that big stuff. It's all good. Um, the two super nerd podcasts I listen to: History of Westeros and Radio Westeros. Pete, it is like uh, I can't describe how deep they go. It's like Game of Thrones stuff, right? A Song of Ice and Fire. They take things that are like one sentence in one book and break it apart for hours (laughs) and as somebody who's working on a new house it is so cathartic it's like oh cool the children of the forest oh this episode three hours long hell yeah let's go one one speed let's do this (laughs) um and it really made me appreciate um the people who had messaged uh, the X Grind podcast early on who were like, no, no, please do podcasts as long as you want. Please do the longer episodes because I'm an overnight trucker and I will listen to your podcast. And so when I click and see that you did a two-hour podcast, they're like, you might as well have just like handed me five bucks because it just made my day better. You know, it's like, oh, awesome. So, um Shout out to those super nerdy podcasts. I also, uh, I like, you know, what's the problem? And maybe this is where some listeners can hit me or hit you up for me. Um, I really like certain, like, uh, okay, people are familiar with the Nexium thing. I really was fascinated by this. Um, There was a uh, Uncover podcast that did a great job breaking that down. I tried to listen to some of their other material. Not great. So it's sort of vaguely in that cult or true crime thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then I've tried to do the true crime podcast thing, and I don't love it. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, it just feels a little weird. A lot of it feels a little too gawker slash like looky loo. Like, like it'd be like me, you were reading a Wikipedia entry on something. Like, all right, so get this. It's like, it's like there was a dude, and he decided he was going to stab these five children. That's fucked up, man. Right? That's fucked up. It's really messed up, man. It's like half the time I'm, I don't understand it. Um, I wish they just were talking about Taco Bell instead. So, anyways, uh, listen to better. listen to Overnight Drive. It's funny, but uh, it's a little little risque for sure. Um, comedy. I was stuff. gonna say, yeah, no, that that they're 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 great. I was also gonna shout out some friends of ours. Oh yeah, Cinepunks podcast. Cinepunks. Oh, the dudes, Josh and and Liam. Uh, great podcast, and they do a few others that are really cool and their whole network is worth your time and attention for sure and then uh shout out to one of our probably one of our 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 real major listeners that gave us feedback Mm. every week Mm. um i gotta shout out larry gargas and uh the bleach mouth postscript podcast shout out to bleach mouth um shout out to don austin shout out to akron's true number one son larry gargas (laughs) LeBron yeah. who that's the bleach mouth t-shirt I'm telling you bleach mouth <laughs> podcast the back says LeBron who Akron's finest export bleach mouth podcast uh, print the shirts um, shout out to worst possible timeline and our, our buddy Eric Wilson he probably doesn't know this podcast exists but I, I do have a lot of love for him and Patrick's, <laughs> Patrick's a good friend too so um, I'm trying to think if there's any other who, who are we forgetting we're forgetting any Friends and well wishers. I think we're good. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're good. Shout out to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, shout out Bruce. Yeah, that's shout good. out to all the guests we ever had on the podcast. Oh my god, great guests. We had a lot of good guests. Shout yeah. out to the guests who didn't come. Okay, so here's here's the question. <laughs> if we do a and this is the final question, we'll close on this. Um all right. reunion podcast. Do we just get back together so we can do the red hell chili peppers, blood sugar, sex magic so that friends of the podcast chris and dave can come on and both like just what is the song sir psycho sex just like <laughs> goose ooze gasm about blood sugar sex magic yeah i mean i would definitely do another we podcast might need to. maybe that'll that. that'll be we're gonna do, we're gonna set up a patreon it's gonna be for one episode and it's gonna be that where uh two two friends of the podcast uh Old friend for both of us. Um, or we just fake him out and we say, guys, you show up at 8 <sighs> o'clock and we have the mic set up and everything. And just let them do it. <laughs> and we just let them do it. <laughs> like, can you believe that Bob only gave the record a 70? Oh, my God. <laughs> did you see Pete? Did he listen to the same record? Has he heard Blood Sugar Sex Magic? I'm not sure he listened. I don't think. He, yeah. he couldn't have listened and given that. Uh, did you know your friends love funk music so much? I had no idea. No you know? idea. <laughs> no idea. Yo, I had uh, a friend that texted me after that that was like, you know, you're right. Uh rock rap is actually much better than rock funk. And I was like, thank whoa. you. Thank you for confirming. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's true. You know it is. It is. Are fishbone rock funk? I feel like a lot of people are talking about fishbone. All of a sudden, just like, like on what, the they put out a new song with no effects. Yeah, I think I, they, I just I saw it a lot on Twitter. I don't know. Fishbone is rock funk with a touch of ska punk. I saw wow. Fishbone at Warp Tour, but I don't even remember what they sound like. Mm. Did you fall in love with a girl at the Warp Tour? Is that a lyric? I don't know. Blood Blink 182. Oh, fuck. Can you believe being. So shout out to Blink-182, who's doing a tour right now. <laughs> Can you imagine being those dudes well into their 50s singing Dysentery Gary to stadiums? <laughs> For some uh, reason, I don't think Dysentery Gary is making the, making the playlist. Oh, uh, I think it might. I don't know. Oh, shit. All right. Let's look. Let's, Dude, look, let's the, close have, on this. I've, I've been talking to just people, like random people at work. Yeah. And recently, they came through our area and... 
I like numerous people that I never, I never even expected them to be like fans of music in general. Yeah, yeah. my favorite. They're like, oh. they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to Blink 182 this weekend. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. All right, um, Pete, you're not wrong. Uh, by the way, how many? Just, uh, just off the top of your head, guess how many, um, how many songs are in the Blink 182 set list? Uh, thirty-two. Twenty-five. Um, All right. So not too bad. Anthem Part Two, The Rock Show, aka Fell in Love with the Girl at the Rock Show, yeah. Family Reunion. Oh, that's a sad one. Uh, Man Overboard, Feeling This, okay. Reckless Abandon, Violence, Up All Night, Dysentery Gary. There you go. I knew it. I knew it was Bacon. Dumpweed, Edging, Aliens Exist, Don't Leave Me, Happy Holidays, You Bastards, Stay Together for the Kids, Always Down, Bored to Death, I Miss You, Adam Song, Ghost on the Dance Floor. What's my age again? First date with Ramon's pinhead intro. Ooh. Um, all the small things and the closer. Damn it. Damn it. It's got to be damn it. Which yeah. feels like they should open with damn it. Like, am I crazy for saying that? I mean, is damn it their biggest song? That seems weird. No, I think all the small things or Adam's song. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, damn right, it. Maybe it it's just like, I don't know. Damn, it feels good. I, it was their first hit. Maybe it's kind of like, like, am I getting nostalgia for Blink One Eighty Two right now? This is weird. Like, I mean, I will say, I, I, mm-hmm. Blink One Eighty Two came up on my YouTube algorithm for whatever reason because I'm a fan, I guess. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it was them doing that song from Coachella, and my wife does not give a single fuck about Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, but yeah. damn, it turned on, and she was just like, oh, she, like she knew every word and was like, like into it. And I was like, "Wow, I've never seen this side of you." Amazing. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a good song. It's, it's a good <laughs> song. All the small things. Eight hundred and fifty-six mil streams on Spotify. What's my age again? Five hundred sixty-four. I miss you. Six hundred thirty-seven. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> First date. Three forty-seven. Damn it! Only two hundred thirty-four million streams. Let's pump these Blink One Eighty Two streams, people. Damn it! Deserves more streams. It's interesting to me that they're heavier on uh, take off your pants than Enema of the State, it seems, like the set list you read me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check one other just to see how much they're changing up. I have a feeling they're not I'm looking changing at the, the I'm looking at the garden show, and it's, yeah, no, it's the same. The State, take off your pants, six songs. Yeah, It's the same. The interesting thing is what songs they close out with. The uh, Elmira New York set song, they close out with Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. The Boston show, they closed out with Jump Around by House of Pain, which is appropriate for Boston. <laughs> um, all right. Yo, everybody. Um, it's been we real. We appreciate you. We love that you listened. We thank you. Everybody who sent us messages, comments, everything. Truly appreciate it. Um, the cool thing about it is if you liked any of these episodes, there's more of them. If you've somehow stumbled upon this podcast and it's our last episode... Guess what? You have almost 150 episodes to go back through. So we hope you enjoy them. This was In Search of Tracks Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Good night. You got to say goodbye. You always say goodbye. Goodbye. Was